Hey there, Kelly here. Guests on the show share so many great ideas, but how do you start putting them into practice? Well, that's exactly what you'll explore when you sign up for the podcast weekly newsletter. Each week, you'll get three ideas from past guests sent straight to your inbox. You'll explore materials, techniques, tools, concepts, and mindsets in bite-sized pieces so that you can think about them and fold them into your own practice. It's completely free and you get it by signing up at learntopaintpodcast.com slash newsletter. Hello and welcome to the Learn to Paint Podcast, the show that gives you artistic tools you can put to work. I'm your host, Kelly Ann Powers. In today's mini, I'm talking about how we as artists transition to a daily painting practice. You can find show notes at learntopaintpodcast.com slash podcast slash episode 68A. And yes, this is absolutely because I messed up my numbering system. But that's where you'll find links to artists mentioned in the show. It's also where you'll find the newsletter list, where each week I share three ideas from guests on the show that you can put to practice, possibly in your next painting. All right, here we go. There are many different ways to approach your painting practice. In fact, there's a whole episode called Three Ways to Structure Your Studio Time. It's episode 55, and I'll link to it in the show notes. One approach we often talk about on the show is daily painting. Daily painters like Lisa Daria Kennedy, Debbie and Brian Miller, Kim Smith, and upcoming Patty Vincent all start and finish a single painting every single day. There are many incredible benefits to daily painting, but daily painting isn't as easy as turning on a switch. And the daily painters we talk to on the show have already done the work to figure it out. But how do we figure it out? There is something about doing something every single day that adds a type of pressure to your studio and systems and life. This is especially true if you're working to transition from a sometimes painter or a weekend painter or an inspiration-based painter to a daily painter. And so that's what we're going to talk about in today's mini. We're going to look at some of the transitions in thinking, expectations, and time that may happen as you work to transition into a daily painting practice. So first off, what is a daily painting practice? This can be confusing because all the terms sound oh so similar. A daily painter starts and finishes a painting every single day. This is different from a daily art habit, which may include starting and finishing a painting every single day, but not necessarily. This past year, I did something art-related most days. That might mean working through a painting or prepping boards or contour drawing and thumbnail sketches, but I showed up in some way. That's a daily art habit. I showed up in some way, but didn't necessarily start nor finish a painting. Daily painting means you start and you finish a painting every single day. So, transition number one. Suddenly systems become really important. How many times have you gone to start painting and then you realize, oh right, you ran out of that one color, or oops, you don't have any paper cut to the right size. So you go fix the problem. You cut a new piece of paper, you spend today's painting time driving to the art store to get that paint, or you pick up your studio because oh boy, it has gotten out of control. And maybe that's how you spend your whole painting session that day. And it's perfect because you've helped yourself be more ready for tomorrow's painting session. 
This is one-off problem solving, and it works great when you have the luxury of time and flexibility. But if you're transitioning to a daily painting practice, then suddenly the need shifts from one-off problem solving to systems problem solving. With daily painting, it's not about needing this one piece of watercolor paper cut. It's about having a system to make sure you have watercolor paper ready to go. It means looking ahead a week or a month at a time and making sure you will have what you need to keep showing up each day. This is true for time as it is for materials. If you find that the time you've set for painting isn't working, look for the system's answer. Maybe it's that you need to wake up earlier or doing painting first thing like the Millers. Or maybe it's that you tell your friends and family that you won't be answering the phone between 10 and 11 because you're working. As you move into daily painting, you'll run into these one-off problems a lot. And that's great because they are guideposts to help you see where you need to work on your systems. If someone calls you in the middle of a painting session, yes, you need to solve that issue now, but also the systems issue of picking up your phone during painting work time. Yes, you need to cut more paper if you run out of paper, but you also need to solve the systems issue of running out of cut paper. If something is breaking down, look for the system solution, not the one-off solution. And the reason why is that without systems, these one-off problems will create more and more barriers between you and daily painting. At some point, it's just logistics. You run out of time or energy or both, and you don't paint. Daily painting creates a kind of studio admin that you suddenly have to stay on top of if you want to paint every day. And yes, this does add more work. It's a kind of awareness and management that you may or may not be good at yet, but it's part of the transition from a non-daily practice to a daily painting practice. Transition number two, you may need to change your expectations and pacing of prep. Prep is an important part of daily painting, but it doesn't last. Before the 20 for 20 started, over in the podcast art club, we talked a lot about prep. And the 20 for 20, if that's not familiar to you, it's an art challenge where we as a community commit to painting or drawing 20 minutes a day for 20 days. Prep is a big part of the 20 for 20 planning. And the reason it's important is that 20 minutes isn't very long. And so you don't want to spend your entire 20 minutes gessoing a surface. Prep means you can walk into your studio and be ready to paint. The same is true with daily painting. My guess is that you don't have four hours for painting each and every day. So you want to be able to get in and get to work. That means batch work. Cutting those papers, priming those boards, having backup paint. Those systems we were talking about in transition number one. You can't just stop, put everything on hold while you prep your surfaces. You have to do it in tandem with your daily painting practice. And this may be a big shift in pacing and pressure. And for a while, this might create a kind of stress inside your studio ecosystem. There is a big difference between getting ready for something before it's begun and staying ready for something as we do it. Transition number three, how you use your space might be different. Often we let our spaces dictate what we create. And that's not a bad way to approach things, even for daily art habits. So for example, maybe we need to let something dry on our work table because that's where things dry. So we walk away for a couple of days and let it dry. But daily painting and continuing prep like we just talked about 
may require a different approach to your studio. There are six basic types of space you need as an artist. Number one, your painting space. This includes active materials like brushes and water and where you're actually doing your painting. Number two, storage for your raw materials. Backup paint, extra brushes, that kind of thing. Number three, a space for prepping materials like gessoing canvas or cutting boards. Number four, places for things to dry, including your prepped materials or your finished paintings. Number five, storage for finished paintings. And number six, a place for your paintings to just hang out when you need to analyze them. And with daily painting, suddenly you will be using all of these a lot more. And some of these spaces may be in competition. My painting desk is the same desk I prep my boards on. And if I'm not careful, I also begin trying to dry my paintings there too, and it becomes a real mess. You will be asking a lot of your space. So think about where these things are now and how best to use them. Because space works with you or it works against you. If you use your painting desk as also the place where paintings dry and storage space, you are putting obstacles between you and painting each day. Namely, that you have to clear everything off before you get to work. And that is no small thing. It can sound like a small thing, but in practice it isn't. And that's because with daily painting, small things compound, and big things compound even more. And with all of this, we want to lower the barriers between us and painting. And if your materials begin to stack up in the space where you need to paint, that is definitely a big barrier. Part of the space question becomes a materials question. You'll notice that daily painters often work small. This isn't just a speed issue, it's also a space issue. And it's one of your greatest opportunities to make it easier on yourself and your space. Go smaller, go thinner or flatter. Think about how the surfaces you use work through those six different spaces. Could you work on something different that could work better for the space you have? If the answer is yes, and space is a barrier for you, it might be worth considering a switch. Transition number four, flexibility and expectations becomes very important. There is something nefariously simple about daily painting as an idea or goal. You either do it or you don't. Sounds easy, right? But let's look at the math another way. You either show up or you don't, which means if you don't show up once, just one single time, you may count that as failure. So first off, I'm going to argue that it isn't a failure and we need to give ourselves permission to do some stumbling in all of this. But it's also why flexibility really matters. Daily painting is kind of a strict goal which means we need to make sure we have flexibility other places. If we have a strict daily painting as the goal, and then we pile on top of that expectations about how big and how beautiful and how good each will feel, and that's it, that's the only way to succeed, we are setting ourselves up for some serious trouble. Painting a painting comes with a lot of preconceived ideas about what that means. You probably have an idea in your head right now, the size that means, how many colors that means, how complicated that means. That's the painting you want to do. But if you're painting every single day with no break, it will help if you create flexibility in some of those expectations. And that might feel weird or bad at first. If you want to paint every day, but you don't have time to do the paintings you want to do, that doesn't mean you're failing. That just means you need to try something else. 
Give yourself flexibility to adjust. Change your materials. Change the size you're painting on. Change your expectations of what that painting looks like. If finishing a daily painting is the most important thing, but you spend most of your free time sitting in a parking lot waiting for a practice to get over, that doesn't mean you can't be a daily painter. It just means that oil paints are not probably going to serve you best. But watercolor might. Oil pastel might. Colored pencils might. You have a ton of options. Or if you love what colored ground looks like, but prepping all those surfaces is running you ragged, maybe you work smaller. Work on primed canvas. Cut paper. Or if the amount of finished paintings is overwhelming your studio and it means it's frustrating to get in there and paint, then maybe you switch from those three-fourths inch cradled canvas to paper because you can stack it in a drawer. I started this year working on six by six cradled boards. Would I absolutely love a wall of 365 six by six cradled boards at the end of this year as a monument to my efforts? Heck yeah, I would. That would be really cool. But I'm already realizing that my space may not work with that plan. I'm going to travel and I'm not going to be able to bring boards with me. And it's possible that working with those 365 cradled boards will make my daily painting practice harder. And if it does, I'm giving myself permission to be flexible in my expectations. Give yourself permission to change what you're doing so that you can keep the goal of a daily painting. You're allowed to change the definition of what a finished painting is. That includes size, style, materials, literally everything. It is up to you. Podcast Art Club member and the Art Habit guest Tight Price gave herself permission to paint digitally when that's what her schedule needed her to do. Lisa Daria Kennedy paints 4x4 when she's traveling. Give yourself permission to be flexible. And that's the shift. If you're holding yourself to something as strict as daily painting, and it is, it is strict, then we've got to give ourselves permission to bend other places, to adjust other places, to change our expectations, and to be flexible in other places. Transition number five, making art might feel differently. In transition number two, we talked about how the pacing of your materials prep may change. And another place where it's useful to talk about pacing is in your painting process itself. Before daily painting, you might have stopped and started based on a whole number of things. Maybe you were tired one day and didn't have the energy to finish a painting. Maybe you needed time to think more deeply about what to do next. Maybe you messed up completely, scrapped it halfway through, and started again. Or you just decided it would be best to work on several at a time. All of these reasons may mean that those pieces took days or weeks to finish. Think of how different that pacing is from starting and finishing a painting every single day. Primarily, the pacing gets fast. And that means for a while, it might feel really rushed. So as you transition into the start and finish pacing, that means you're just asking yourself to shove all the things you used to do over a series of days or weeks into a single day, maybe even a single painting session. And of course, that might mean you need to change some things. But even when you do, some days that's going to feel exciting and some days that's going to feel super rushed and perhaps stressful but it's going to feel different from what you're used to. The act of painting is going to feel different from how it was historically because the pace is different. 
What this means is some of your gauges about how a painting session feels might need to transition. I didn't realize how much I counted success or less than success based on how a session felt. I've learned with daily painting so far that I don't love to feel rushed, and daily painting often makes me feel rushed. So sometimes I complete a painting that I like, but that feeling of being rushed is so powerful, it negatively tints my view of how that painting went. The good news is that just like anything, we adjust into it. And part of this is just getting used to the new pace. And part of it is adjusting what we're asking ourselves to do in that time. Trying to do a daily 8x8 painting makes me feel really rushed. So I moved from an 8x8 to a 6x6 size, and that has helped so incredibly much. If you're working over days or weeks, an 8x10 canvas may be easy to fill, but that won't necessarily be true if you're asking yourself to start and finish an 8x10 canvas every single day. So check in with yourself. If you're feeling rushed, ask, can I go smaller? Can I go simpler? Can I use fewer materials and have an easier setup? The other place you can adjust is how you space your time. For the winter 20 for 20, I used my 20 as a time and schedule experiment. Painting first thing in the morning is the best thing for me in my art practice, but it's not the best fit for my life. So afternoons are when I hold time for painting, but afternoons are also when I'm exhausted. So for the 20 for 20, I held 20 minutes in the morning, generally before breakfast, to draw my subject onto my surface. If I had time, I did an underpainting. That built me a bridge into my afternoon painting session. So even if I was tired in the afternoon, and I always am, I could just walk in and get painting. All the thinking work was already done. Look at how you divide your time. For example, if you're an artist where layers need to dry between washes, you could divide it up that way. Or like me, you could put your thinking and drawing in the morning before lunch and painting on the surface part after dinner. Try a few out and see what feels best. Because here's the thing. When we're feeling rushed, we often think we need more time. But more time isn't necessarily the answer. Look at how you're doing things and your expectations of yourself and see if the answer is in there. So yes, you might feel rushed, but being rushed isn't about not having enough time. It's about asking more of yourself than that time allows. If you asked me to cook a Thanksgiving dinner in 20 minutes, I'd be rushed. But if you asked me to spend 20 minutes to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, I'd have time left over. 20-minute paintings aren't three-hour paintings. Daily paintings aren't monthly paintings. Look at the time you have and then design your expectations around that amount of time. The time you have. Transition number six. Learn to focus on the habit not the outcome. So often when we begin painting, we are trying to make paintings we like, which often translates to some level of prettiness. After all, one of the things that probably drew us to painting is liking others' work. Go on social media and you can see a thousand beautiful paintings at the click of your mouse. So it seems like that should be the goal, right? It's not that we shouldn't put effort into making work we like. Creating work we like feels really good. But if creating pretty paintings is our only measurement for success, we are missing out on so much good stuff. The reason is this. We are learning. We don't arrive fully formed. 
If you met a child who was trying to learn to play the piano and she was sort of bad at left-handed scales, you would never tell her, that sounds terrible. I guess you will never be a musician. You're a total failure. Instead, we ask her what she's struggling with and what she has learned from this struggle for next time. We know that the more she shows up, the better she will get. And then we watch her improve because that's how you learn. When we place all importance on a pretty final product, we are missing the amazing learning opportunities that are coming our way. This matters especially with daily painting, because daily painting means you are going to have so many great learning opportunities around the systems you create and what you discover in every single painting you do. And those lessons are in the pretty paintings and they are in the not pretty paintings. In fact, often it's the not pretty paintings that can teach us the most if we are able to be open to that. But if at the end of every painting session we think, well, this isn't pretty, I must be a failure, I'll never be an artist, we are potentially missing all of those lessons. We're too busy being mad at ourselves and we are missing the amazing opportunities for growth. We don't enter the world as fully formed artists. We are forming right now. We are in progress and we will be for our entire lives. Daily painting is the habit. That's the goal. In the 20 for 20, the first and only goal I ask everyone to put at the top of their list is to remember that showing up is the win. Having a pretty painting isn't the goal. The goal is to show up. That's your success metric. This is often the biggest shift we can make in our art habits. That's true if you're trying to transition to daily painting or are interested in a daily art habit or are just working to paint more consistently. Number seven, you might need some external motivation. Eventually, if you stick to it long enough, daily painting will become a habit. You'll know when to do studio admin. You have things that count for days where you show up exhausted or time is limited. You'll have your systems in place. But as you transition to a daily painting practice, it might help to do it with a community. That's one of the magical things about the 20 for 20. There are days you don't want to show up, but then you think, my fellow painters are showing up and I do not want to let them down. And there's something really useful about just a little bit of healthy peer pressure and positive community around something to help you show up on the days you don't feel like it. That external pressure, and I don't mean that in a negative way, helps you create a little momentum, and a little momentum can go a long way. So as you transition into this new daily painting practice, find ways to create external motivation. Maybe that's a class. Maybe that's committing to a few weekly hashtag challenges. Maybe that's joining us in the podcast art club as we work through this year focused on building daily art habits, including daily painting. Positive community can make a huge difference. So yes, it comes down to you and your materials day after day, but having a community cheering you on and encouraging you to show up doesn't hurt either. Now, a quick note about finding the right kind of community. I love Instagram and I have found such a positive community there. And also, I don't mind sharing work that I don't like on social media. I'm at the point in my practice where I can have a terrible painting day and still post it and not feel bad about that. At this point, I have little to no pushback to that as an idea, but I haven't always been that way. And that may or may not be true for you where you are right now. And it's really important that you understand that about yourself. No shame. 
Here's a quick test you can do. I call it the box test. Draw a box, take a picture, share it to Instagram with the caption, I showed up. How much pushback does that idea create? And what is the pushback? Oh, I can't share that. That's dumb. Or that's not what I want people to see when they come to my page. Or that'll mess up the grid. People will find it boring. I don't want my future collectors to see that. And all of those are great reasons to not post a box to your socials. And it also means that that space is going to create friction if you try to use it as a learning space. Because it goes back to number four. We accidentally set up the expectation that our work has to be pretty. Yeah, yeah, showing up is important as long as it's pretty. Yeah, learning new things is important as long as it's pretty. It's ingrained in us so deeply that we don't even realize it. So I'm not saying you can't use Instagram if you have pushback to the box test, but just be aware that you are putting a barrier between you and using Instagram as a learning tool. And if that's the case, start a new Instagram account for learning. Write it in the bio. This is for learning. Keep it private. Guard who you allow as friends closely. Before you say yes to any friend request, ask yourself, can I show them a box? And if the answer is no, you say no to them. This is your private learning space. That's why I do the private Facebook group as part of the 20 for 20. It's meant as a place for us to share work and be accountable, but do it in a safe space. Does it still feel scary and vulnerable? Absolutely. But it's in a place that's private and protected. And that can make a big difference because showing up is the most important part. So absolutely make certain that the places you are asking yourself to show up don't make that showing up harder. Find a safe place for yourself to share that also encourages a daily practice. Make sure the community you join works for you and your goals. In physics, if you add pressure to something, there is a physical response. Atoms speed up, heat rises. This is as true in physics as it is in your own life. You're not just adding a quick daily painting. You are adding pressure to your whole system of how you spend your time. Be kind to yourself as you discover where and how that transition affects your whole life. You can absolutely do it. And it may mean you don't get it perfect out of the gate. Part of the transition into a daily painting practice is learning how to do a daily painting practice. And that means giving ourselves space to stumble and then get back up again. One of the things we do in the 20 for 20 as part of the daily check-ins in the podcast art club is triumphs and trip-ups in that order. And the order is important. What were the triumphs? What did we overcome? Where did we succeed? And then where did we trip up? What I love about the idea of tripping is that we are acknowledging like, oh yeah, that did not work like I'd hoped. But it's not a fall. It's not broken on the ground. Tripping over something means you still have momentum and movement. What can we learn from those trip ups? How can we fold those lessons back into our practice so that we are sturdier? That's the goal. The goal of daily painting is not perfection. It's what we learn along the way. You're going to learn how you work, the boundaries you need to create, the materials that work best for you and your space. You're going to learn about what inspires you and what to do on the days you're tired. And you're going to stumble hundreds and thousands of times. And I know it's called daily painting, 
But one of the places you may stumble may include that you may miss a day of painting or a week. Life happens. But remember, you're allowed to come back if and when you miss a few days. The reason why people quit painting isn't because they miss a day. It's because they're disappointed. And because of that disappointment, they don't give themselves permission to start again. It's absolutely okay if you miss a few days. Pick it back up, try again, learn from the stumble. And celebrate that learning. Celebrate the growth and self-discovery this journey represents. Give yourselves permission to not know how to do it all at first. And then celebrate each and every discovery along the way. This is what building a daily painting practice looks like. And you're going to do it perfectly imperfect. Because that's exactly how it's done. Thank you for joining me today for this mini episode of the show. And congratulations to everyone who just finished the 20 for 20 art challenge 2023 winter edition. You all did amazing work and I loved painting alongside of you for those 20 days. And for those of you in the podcast art club, the work continues. I'm so excited to take on this year together. If you'd like to join the podcast art club, you can learn more at patreon.com slash learn to paint podcast. Thank you to everyone over in the podcast art club for your support of the show. Extra shiny thank yous to High Gloss supporters, Andrew Atterbury, Debbie and Brian Miller, Rihanna DeRold, Janet Wheeler, Nancy Bryant, Catherine Ordway, Pam Lyle, Victoria Young, and Slow River Studio. Happy painting! <laughs>